talking about the things that make your home service business go. Marketing, finance, systems, people. This is the Fight Club for Business podcast. Makes me that much stronger. Makes me work a little bit harder. Makes me that much wiser. Thanks for making me wiser. And we're live. Well, welcome to Fight Club. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> well, welcome to Fight Club. Today, I'm Tay, and uh, Tay is on the road today, so she couldn't join us. But we have our special guest, Jonathan Potoshnik from Service Autopilot and City Turf. So, uh, Jonathan, good morning. So, what we're doing, um, I told him to go with the flow. So, Jonathan, um, what we generally do is we'll go around and introduce ourselves, and um, I'll just introduce myself saying I'm Martha Woodward, standing in for Tay today, <laughs> as well as myself. Um, I am co founder of Quality Driven Software. And I have an online course called Level Up, Build Teams That Give a Shit, and a maid service. So uh, that's me, part of Fight Club. I'm going to pass it to you, Jonathan, if you can tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Good morning. My name is Jonathan Potoshnik, as Martha said. I've done a lot of things over the years. Maybe the three biggest things I've done, I was a partner in a cleaning company. We cleaned movie theaters in 22 states. I uh, partner in a lawn care company. We do lawn care, irrigation, pest control, fertilization, weed control. We have about 9,000 clients in the market where I live, which is just north of Dallas. And then Service Autopilot was born out of, which is a software system to run your business. And that was born out of the challenges I had at both the cleaning company and the lawn care company. And uh, that's where the idea came from. And I've been at that for a decade now. So that's who I am. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Mike's and I'm the founder of Bookkeeping Academy Online, where I educate and empower small business owners to know their numbers so they can live more financially rewarding lives. I also own Likes Accounting Company, where we offer outsourced bookkeeping solutions. So if you're allergic to numbers and you're allergic to figuring out your finances for your business, you can outsource that to Likes Company. And I own Jeff Likes the Windows and Gutters in Northern California, a window cleaning and gutter cleaning company with my husband. And I'm very happy to be here and welcome to Fight Club. <laughs> Morning, Megan. And Morning. I'm Michelle Myers, co-founder of Pink Collars. And we do something very similar to Megan. We outsource all your customer care. So if you are uh, not happy with customer service in your business or need some help, we can absolutely do that for you. So Michelle Myers from Pink Collars and welcome to Fight Club, Jonathan. We're so excited you're here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they kept saying, you need to ask Jonathan, you need to ask Jonathan, and so, I, and I kept thinking, oh, he's a busy guy, but anyway, <laughs> they wore me down, they wore me down. Um, so, Jonathan, I am standing in for Tay, and Tay would be asking yep. you about marketing, and um, we discussed a little bit before coming on that we would pull on your service business background. And so if you could give the listeners one or two top tips about marketing, what would you say to them? That's well, the first, there's a, <laughs> one, one of the big ones that comes to mind is 
is maybe one of the more simple approaches and more cost-effective approaches. And, the, and this would be for a business that is a little bit more mature now. You've started to build your client list. So you've got some number of clients that you can be talking with. And it's simply remembering that one of the three easiest ways or one of the three core ways to grow your business is selling more to your existing client. It's also the least expensive way to grow the business because they already, hopefully, that's like and trust you, and that's why they're your client. And so it's thinking about identifying what that client needs, that they're not getting solved by another provider, or that they have a pain in their life or frustration in their life, or there's something on their to-do list that's nagging at them mentally. Thinking about what that is, and then thinking about how you can uniquely sell that thing to them, fix that problem for them, solve that issue. And then why I call it fairly inexpensive is because you've already got their trust. They already like you, they already trust you, and therefore you don't have to go through the normal sales motion to convince them that they should buy whatever this thing is that you're selling that will solve this additional problem that they have. And, and so that makes it very easy to call and check in on them. Uh, and at that time, offer up the service that you wanna sell, to do an inspection at their home, walk the property, identify things that need to be done, have a conversation, bring those things to their awareness. Use email marketing or email drip marketing and nurture that, you know, basically, basically your nurture process to stay in front of them. Uh, text messaging, such as taking a picture of an issue and texting it over and saying, hey, we noticed today while we were out, by the way, if you need help, we can take care of this for you. You can just think about all the ways in which you can solve the problem. And the last thing I'll say to that is, and the beauty of this, or the, the most important part of that, is to just think about timing. So when does your client have pain? So in the, you know, in the home cleaning industry, I could be way off here because I've never cleaned in homes, but I picture things like when the kids go back to school, maybe the, the family's thinking about getting the home back in order, or before big holidays, they're thinking about getting the home back in order, or maybe there's parts of the home that at certain times of year, they want those things cleaned, or they're thinking about them and whenever that timing is, whenever that challenge is, the thing that they're worrying about, thinking about, that's when you market the thing you want to sell to them, that you want to upsell to the client. Yeah, good. That's good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I'm laughing about kids going back to school because I'm like, are they? In California, we're not going back to school. Sorry, I got stuck there. Yeah, well, that's a good point. In my we're world, we're actually going back to school in two days. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Oh. Yeah, us too and i'm with you jonathan i have people in my driveway right now off camera detailing my car because it's so filthy and i'm like i have to draw a line in the sand where like my car was gross before kids and as soon as i drop them off on thursday <laughs> my car is going to be clean it's like a fresh start so yep. i totally get the timing yep. thing that's perfect right yeah. right on <laughs> uh so is it Megan now? I'm so confused. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just imagine that I'm I'm a lot younger and cuter. Yeah. I'm Tay. I'm passing it to you. Stop it. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I mean, you just said so many things that we could talk about, Jonathan. And typically I get stuck about talking about KPIs. And you have an awesome software company that has some amazing manpower and brain power and AI power to run KPIs for people. I have seen uh, Jeff McConaughey what he has done with your software to build out reports in the dashboard so that you could be like the pilot or the cruise ship director and you could look at your business at a glance every single day and get a real pulse on it. So I love to ask, because I feel like you helped build this 
amazing software from your personal experiences of running a very successful lawn care company. Uh, you know what, and I think you're still involved in your lawn care company. So for you, like as a cruise ship director, right, as the pilot in the cockpit, mm -hmm. what do you like to look at? What are your top three levers that you use to make decisions? And, um, and where do you go find those levers when you need to dial them one way or another? um within your software and why i like asking this question is because it translates to most crms not to say that service auto pilots like most service, uh, crms because you guys have a lot of automations a lot of automations yeah. others don't yeah. um but but i'm i'm a reports and numbers nerd so can you talk to us yeah. a little bit about being an owner and how do you yeah what, what do you look at you're, you're logging in okay. your weekly financial health check or whatever or daily yep yeah, so the a little bit of the dilemma and answer. Oh, I, so I'm going to answer your question exactly, but a little bit of context before I do. I'm in a fortunate position that at the lawn care company, I've been out of that business since around 2012. So I have a team that runs that business. So we predominantly just talk strategy and look at the high level numbers. And so I will look at to answer the question. Um, I'll just, just know that I don't look at as many neat numbers as I would need to if I was actually running the business. Okay, so, but I'll still answer it from my perspective. Service so Autopilot, I live more inside, inside that business. Can, Go ahead. So, ahead so let's say we want to be Jonathan when we grow up. So we want to be Jonathan <laughs> at a higher level, okay. right? Talking strategy. Yep. We all want to be when we grow up. So yep. uh, tell us what you look yep. at. So the top line, and also know that for those that are using different systems, we can we have a lot of or the ability to build custom reports. So we have tons of members that have built custom reports over our system, or they're getting data dumps and they're feeding data into something like DataBox, or there's just a lot of stuff you can do with it. So the things I most matter or most matter to me at the top level would be top line revenue, so gross revenue. EBITDA or net profit. Most people live in a world of just net profit. I at Service All Pilot live in a world of EBITDA. Um, and then I look at churn, uh, which would is more of a software term, but I, I think about that across businesses. So that is the attrition. So your churn is how many clients are you bringing out in and how many are leaving out the back door for whatever reason. It could be in, the, in our world of service, maybe the, they got a divorce and so they split up, they sold their home, or maybe someone lost a business, that's churn. So I look at churn, EBITDA, top line revenue, uh, in, in a sales world where you have a sales team, we're very actively looking at, of course, leads that are coming in the front door. So that would just that would be something you normally look at mar in marketing. But we're looking at those leads by what we would call channel. So a channel would be, are they coming in through pay-per-click? Are they coming in through outbound sales calls? Like what is the motion activity, be it marketing or sales, that brought those leads in the front door? And then we're looking at conversion. So I want to know conversion by channel. So conversion by, again, AdWords, conversion by an individual that's making a phone call. And then we're looking at retention, which it gets into churn. So we're looking at churn at the overall business, but we're looking at churn through channel. So as an example, let's say you're spending the equal amount of money on Google AdWords and Facebook marketing, and you're thinking, hey, how do I dial up my marketing? Where do I, put, where do I apply more money to the business to drive more growth? And while on the surface, those two channels might look even, one of those channels is carrying a much higher churn. One of those channels is bringing in clients, maybe at the same pace as another, but the clients are leaving out the back door. And so you don't just apply a more spend 
at the to whichever channels bring in most clients you bring in the you spend more money on the channels bringing in clients and retaining the clients on the back end or potentially growing into your best clients so in the service autopilot world as an example we look at our churn at the uh, the main membership level as well as our uh, service auto our pro plus membership level which is our top level and i'll give you an example on that level only one percent of our members move on per year so we we have 99 percent revenue or low retention there and then uh, i'd go i'd get off in the weeds but that's really important to know when you're thinking about taking care of your clients and then we use NPS. That's another one that I mentioned. I could keep going, but those are some of the big ones. But I think if you have an understanding of NPS, if you have an understanding of top line revenue, of where your margins are at, and then your, your marketing metrics, those are some of the biggest ones. And those are the ones I think about the most. But churn has to be one of those. Because as the business gets bigger, it just gets harder and harder to cost effectively grow the business if you have a lot of your clients leaving over time because you've got to first replace them and then get more clients to actually grow the business. So those what are the big ones. That is you're, you are truly leading by numbers to make more informed decisions. So if you look at those and you've got, I kind of picture it like, you know, you've got dashboard and like, this is a red box, you know, this is a yellow box, this is a green box. And your red boxes are where you're not quite in line with where you want to be. And you can go back and talk strategies. Maybe it's your Google AdWords, uh, verbiage. Maybe it's the demographic that you're targeting, but you can go back and tweak that so that you can make sure that you're not getting that churn rate in those areas, or you're not having to pay so much per lead in those areas, or you have a higher conversion rate. Um, so just to recap, I heard you say gross revenue. I heard you say uh, EBITDA, which is earnings before income taxes. Mm -hmm. And something else like amortization <clears throat> earnings before interest taxes depreciation amortization okay yeah i'm glad that you that you know that <laughs> no, yeah. 7 a.m so my brain's not awake um, <laughs> even uh you said turn rate then you said retention rate then you said yep. cost per lead or lead acquisition cost and then you said your conversion rate by uh channel by lead acquisition yeah. channel which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, Michelle usually gives me the hook, but I want to ask one. <laughs> I feel like this is something really unique about you and your reputation is you have a ton of integrity and you put family first. And I don't know if you know that in the industry, but you, you have this wonderful reputation of running really successful businesses, but like I've met your kid. He's freaking awesome. I, he, it's amazing how genius Riley is. This is my small plug for Jonathan's son, who is <laughs> awesome. build the better websites that will convert more sales. And he's now starting the speaking circuit. Um, so I just want to ask you if you own, I'm sure you own more than three businesses because we all seem to, but how do you juggle it and still prioritize family? Because that's more than just well, one. Right? That's, that's a daily yeah. struggle that we all face. Yeah. Uh, boy, it's been a challenging one. I will first give a lot of credit to Tiffany, who is my wife. So we had that agreement from day one that this was what was important to us. And um, and so those Friday nights when I might have been tempted to keep plugging away working because I felt like there's just one more thing I've got to get done. She was pretty good at saying, wait a second, you said this was the deal. And so she, to a large degree, early on held me pretty accountable. But, but you know, and, and after a while, you don't, you know, you don't come and say, hey, 
I don't think I'm going to be able to make it tonight. I'm going to be working because you know that we're going to have that discussion. Like, we agree. This is how it's going to work. So I think that would be one of the most foundational things. We sort of de decided what was what mattered and what was important. And so we did really good job of on Friday night, Saturday night. Um, and this is getting a little bit away from the kids, but we would have a date night. We were really fortunate that my mom or someone was nearby that we could get them to allow us to, you know, go out and somebody would come watch the boys when they were little. I think that was absolutely critical for us. Um, I could see how it could have gone sideways over the years if we didn't continue to do that. And then it was, so it was that, and then showing up on the, just every night we had family dinner as a family every single night. That's always been our thing today. It's getting a little harder because my boys are older and, and, uh, but we, uh, we still do it quite a bit. And so I think the, uh, I, I bought into this idea that there's quality time is really valuable, but just time is just being there, playing with the kids, being around, spending time with them, talking to them. So that would be, I, I shut it down all these years. And even when I was working just insane hours, I shut it down at six 30. We have dinner as a family. And then after the kids would go to bed sometime after that, I'd be at the house and get back on my computer. And so um, that would probably be one of the biggest things I would say is having those boundaries both on the weekends and the week during the week that it was very consistent and then think, just working my schedule around it. That'd be one little helpful. thing. I think people need to hear that. I think especially right now when we're all fighting to keep our alive and we're fighting through coronavirus or fires or hurricanes or whatever it is that's hard in your business, there's always going to be something hard. And I think it's really important to hear from successful people like you who are inspiring that you can juggle it. There's no excuse. We all have the same amount of time in the day. If it's a priority for you, just keep making it a priority. And I love that you attribute it to your partner because it is, it's a juggle. It's a dance. It is. They, we keep each other accountable. We all do that, you know, in a, in a good relationship, our partners are supposed to, we don't, we joke that this doesn't always work, but we're supposed to lift each other up. Like you're supposed to, when one person's, you know, struggling or down, you're supposed to kind of help them. Um, sometimes you both go in the same direction because you're tired or whatever, but you know, that's the ideal. So, you know, so where do you, where do you have those agreements? This is the life we want and this is the outcome we want. Now, how do we help each other get there? Again, I can paint this picture like, oh, it was easy or that, you know, I can pay or that it hasn't, uh, that we just are doing something different than everybody else. That's not always true. Like we have struggled with this stuff just like everyone else. But, and that's where I'd say I'm thankful that we made that plan and we stuck with it all these years since the boys were little. And I think that has been a bit of a difference maker. I love it. I love it. So our takeaways in the finance section were to know your key metrics so that you can be that cruise ship director. And then to really think about work-life and prioritizing what's important to you. So if that's family time, time with your spouse or time with your kids, you can do it. We all have the same number of hours in the day. You just got to be intentional and you got to keep trying. <laughs> keep trying. So I'm ask you to Michelle. Um, I have a feeling she's really excited about talking about systems and automation. No, no, not at all. No, no, no. It's automations and service automation. <laughs> Easy, it's so. interesting. Um, as you know, I work with my husband every day, Jonathan. So Doug and I often will jump on sales calls together if he has a more technical question or somebody's interested in a software platform. And the one thing I'm, I'm just shocked at that continues to happen every day is that business owners will call and they don't really have a CRM solution, but they don't really know what they want out of that CRM, right? And I always tell them, you need to purchase or work on the CRM that is going to work for the business of the future. 
not for the problem that you have today, right? Not for the fire that you have today. So tell us how Service Autopilot helps business owners in the, in the future game, because it really does scale to any size company and you can get so much great information out of it. I love it. It's really one of the most powerful ones out there. Um, but tell us how a new person looking at Service Autopilot can see into the future of what they need from your software. Tell us how that works. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, so maybe an analogy that hopefully this will resonate. So if you think about maybe a situation in your life where you've read a book or you've consumed a blog post or you've had a conversation and in, uh, let's go with the book. So you read a book and you heard everybody said, oh, this is the greatest book, you've got to read it. And so you read it and you're like, eh, I, yeah. it's interesting, but you don't so, so fully get it doesn't maybe resonate in that moment, but you come back a year or two later, you read that exact same book and suddenly it's like, oh my goodness, yeah. this is exactly what I needed or the author's speaking to me. Well, that would be a little bit of my software analogy. So what happens in the early days of our businesses, we, there's only so many pains and frustrations and challenges that we've had. And so we don't exactly know what we need in terms of solving for the future, much like you don't, need, you don't know who you're gonna need from an employee standpoint on your team, four years from now when you're four times as big, you also don't necessarily know what the pains and challenges are gonna be that you're gonna need out of your software. And so all of us have done this, me included. We initially optimize software on what are we hearing others say, which is a great place to start. How much is it gonna cost and how hard is it gonna to be to implement? And I think the, the risk there is generally around the implementation. So a system, not always, but a rule of thumb is a system, not just service all pilot, that takes a little bit more effort to learn and implement, oftentimes is because it's far more capable, meaning there's more setup. So in the world of automation, there's a lot more setup to do to, for something to be able to make decisions and automate in the future. And so what we often do is we optimize for the short term. We want to do as little setup as possible. The problem is we will pay the price forever for the rest of our business. And so I would think about that when you're picking software is try to find a solution that um, you have heard bigger companies are running and that not too big. Like for example, if you're a $300,000 business, you don't need something that $20 million businesses are probably running because that's quite a jump and you may never even take your business there. But you're definitely looking for something that million dollar businesses are running, uh, $2 million businesses are running. I like to think about it this way, the, the tools that got a big business to being big uh, they didn't wait until they were big and implement those tools. They implement those tools and that thinking and the tracking mm -hmm. of certain metrics earlier in the business. That's what got them big. So think about finding something and being comfortable with the idea that you're going to do a little implementation because that will save you a lot in the future. And, um, and to your point, Michelle, uh, or at least the way I, I was interpreting it, I would really think about finding something that's a bit bigger that will allow you uh, to run a bigger business that will that has the functionality to get you to a bigger business and final thing i'll say is when you have five clients you can't possibly understand the challenges you're going to have communicating with those clients understanding which clients are good clients managing all the work and the backlog of work you can't understand what it's going to feel like when you have 200 or a thousand clients as compared to five so I, it generally starts with finding a tool that's really good at scheduling and invoicing. That's sort of the base criteria. Yeah. Yeah. Go look and solve for that problem and then just look and see what the other bigger companies are using. And uh, those would be a few of the tidbits. I love it. Things love I'd it. be thinking about. And do you have any integrations coming on the boards that 
you know, our listeners can kind of get ready for that are coming with Service Autopilot in the future? What is what's on the boards right now that you guys are working on? Yeah, so integrations with other software solutions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so um, we have, well, we have Martha's integration. Yeah, I know. One. Absolutely <laughs> a fantastic one. And it's been one of our longest integrations. And so right now we have a couple, I don't know if I'm supposed to say, so we're, oh, let me just, oh, let me say without saying it, okay. we, uh, we don't have an API and we've long yep. wanted an API, but we're sort of in this massive transition, the biggest transition of the business. Yep. And that is we're preparing for this shift to a new version of service autopilot, which is, it's a, it's a shift that's going to take us all the way through 21. It's going to take a while to get there. And the, when we, in redoing the system, that enabled us to eventually build an API over top of Service Autopilot. That was one of the big, big reasons why we had to do what we're doing right now. So, uh, however, that's such a big undertaking. We're currently looking at some possibilities around um, some integration with some tools that would allow our software to integrate with other solutions. So that would be one. Um, we're also internally working. This is going to be much bigger than many need, but we're also internally working on a Salesforce integration personally, which will probably ultimately end up out in the marketplace for our members. We have members of all sizes. We have little companies sure. all the way up to very, very large companies. And so some of those companies for a variety of reasons need uh, Salesforce, or if you're in the franchise business, you need Salesforce. So, so I would say in terms of integrations at the moment, our biggest thinking would be around how could we do an integration that's going to enable other products to talk to our product or vice versa, more than one very specific integration. Awesome. Awesome. Good. That's all I've got. <laughs> yes. There's always Zapier. Yes. There's always Zapier. Okay. Definitely know them. Yep. Yep. In your eyes over the water right now, are you looking at like, you have the most beautiful light going on, Martha. The sun's yeah, I know you do. The sun's coming up. It's gorgeous. It's pretty. It's really pretty. Um, Welcome yeah. to the West Coast. <laughs> Martha's on an island. <laughs> I know it's so pretty out there. I, uh, watching for whales every now and then. Uh, but wow. so, yeah, I, that sounded that sounded like an integration with something with a Z to me. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I and I. I have to preface this that, you know, I wasn't saying it's about to be released or anything. You asked me what we were working on behind Thank the scenes you. and things we're dealing with. So, yeah, I just want to be careful there. Yeah, I'll got it. Tell John that on live, you said that. <laughs> Not fun, John. Don't. Don't. We'll all be in trouble. I always try to get the two of them in trouble. Like, say, did you yeah. know what Jonathan yeah. told me? Yeah. Um, but, okay, so we'll get serious for a minute and um, talk about employee-related stuff. And one thing that I talk about, you know, with people is promotion, uh, like a, a career ladder. Even in the service industry, people need to know that yeah. the job can go somewhere for them, especially your top motivated people want to know that there's room for growth. And I know that in Service Autopilot, I don't know how long ago it's been, but you really created some tiers. Um, the one that I'm most familiar with is within support. And, uh, and while that's about Service Autopilot, I would love for you to share some of the thoughts behind that because people can put 
that type of thinking in their practice for service industries, you know, um, on the different tiers. Uh, Kirk Kimpton comes to mind in that he had uh, I don't remember what he called them, like you're a one-star, two-star, certification one. So tell us about mm -hmm. that, Jonathan. Oh, it's exactly what you said. I, it's uh, Your team wants somewhere to grow and advance their career, and I frankly want the team to have a place to go so they can advance their career and so that they don't necessarily move on and leave the company. You know, some of the team members, there's just no way around that. They they might come in like at Service All Pilot, we might have somebody coming into our world and they're gonna spend some number of years with us in support or possibly another role, but their real career ambition when they finish college or whatever might be something else that we can't satisfy. Right. And so I, you know, I'm not necessarily trying to redirect their career. I want them to go get what they wanna get. But there's a whole, the majority though, are coming in looking for a place to grow their monthly income as well as grow their skill set so that they can keep moving on in, into a new place or a new role. And, and this is where I say, Martha, is exactly what you said. It's, it's what can you come up with and create so that they, they have a goal and objective that they can be marching towards. So I didn't know about what Kirk, do, Kirk does, but I agree. Like the, the creation of whether it be if you acquire these new skills or these new certifications, then that's going to give you some bump. Or in the support world, it might be moving into a lead role. So you have your, your support individual or your, your uh, CSR, whomever that works the phone. Is there a lead role that, uh, that now has, usually it's through additional certification or training, but maybe they, they work, they're more of the lead of a team. And then above that, you might have a manager of that department. So as you think about the different functions of your organization, what, is, what are both the options for additional learning that will give them a bump? What are the options for, uh, for leading teams that will give them an opportunity? What are the, from a team in the organization, what are the places that they might naturally go? So in our world, in the software world, you're not generally going to go from, say, support to becoming a programmer. But you mm -hmm. could go eventually from support to becoming a tester. So QA, as we call it. Or you might be able to go become a BA, uh, which is basically... A, a role that interacts with our clients and understands what the client needs and creates what are called user stories, which are essentially use cases of what the client needs, which ultimately guides what's built. And that's just one example. In, in, the, uh, in the field service world, it could be that you're going from lawn mowing in my world to another service, um, or maybe you're eventually coming into the office, or maybe you're going to be a manager on a truck where you're mentoring other teams. So basically just think about that and then also as you're having conversations with the team member who's saying hey i want to bump i want more money what is the path it, it sure makes your conversation easier with them and gives them hope when you have a path like hey i want to get you to this new role i want to get you to money some more money here's what you need to learn here's what you can study here's the things i here's who you want to start hanging out with and shadow in the business like that way you can show them Here's a certification you could go get. I'll pay for it. That way you can show them exactly what they can be working on. And then if six months they come back and say, hey, I want more money, you can go back to that conversation and say, well, you know, we haven't actually, you haven't done any of the things that we were talking about. Let's, let's revisit this idea. And so it also is nice because it gives you a better conversation than simply saying, oh, well, you know, I can't really afford to give you any more money right now. So right. those are some of the big things that come to mind. 
you added exactly what I was going to say is that with promotion levels, you have to have transparency or it will create a lot of distrust. And so when I work with service business owners, one thing that I see is, yeah, they might have tiers or promotion levels, but it is not clear at all how people achieve those things. And then it feels like favoritism. And so hmm. you touched on that, that when you set up those tiers, even in the service business, you can create criteria. So for instance, in the maid service for us, we have team member, team leader, uh, trainer, field manager. And for every one of those things, um, I definitely have quality score levels, you know, thresholds. And then there's other things in there that I say you have to accomplish. And what I like about it is that they can then, if they feel like they've earned it, it's transparent. So they can even come to us and say, hey, you know, here it is on the wall. I've done it. And uh, I would like that promotion, please. And I actually love that way. I like for people to keep me accountable too. And so I love that way because it's kind of like, check, right, you have done that. So exactly what yep. you said. Yep. yep. So, and I will chime in on what Megan brought up that uh, you're right, Tiffany, I know Tiffany and Tiffany, um, it was because you're like all of us, we love to work. And yep. so <laughs> if you don't have somebody and, and I, this is speaking to the audience that you really, like if you don't have a strong person who says, nope, that isn't gonna happen, you know, then I guess you have to be the one that holds yourself to it because you're right. I mean, I think that's really the secret is that there just were no ifs, ands, or buts. And I remember several times where we'd be talking and you'd say, okay, well, I have to have dinner with the family at this time, but I'll get back to you later after, you know, and I'd be like, yep. that's cool. I love that, that uh, you know exactly, you know, where your lanes are and uh, that this is a lane that don't mess with this time kind of thing. So that's good. Accountability is just critical in every part of our lives, not yeah. just in terms of, you know, being married or relationships, but also in terms of business. That's why there's so many business groups and coaching groups and to simply state to another person, this is what I'm going to achieve by this date, and then have that person oftentimes simply repeat back to you. You said yeah. <laughs> that, that is really powerful really powerful and so where can we all be creating more and more of that in our lives yeah well yeah. that's a perfect segue because we <laughs> homework that's one of the differences with fight club is we are a weekly live show but we give homework in the four areas of business and the rule is that the listeners just have to choose one the one that speaks to them the most and we we and then we try and help hold them accountable so that they're actually moving forward in their business every single week, not just learning and absorbing information. So, uh, Jonathan, we're going to give Great. our homework. You have the option as a guest to issue homework if you would. <laughs> no pressure if you don't. Um, okay. And so, um, Martha, I don't know if okay. 
start with uh, being Tay for marketing, or do we want to let Tay chime in in the group later, or what do you want to do with that? I was not having my Tay hat on, so we'll start with finance homework. Um, so Jeff, my husband and I are taking a weekend this weekend away. So my questions to you, Jonathan, were a little bit selfish because we're going to like set our priorities for the next 15 months this weekend. And part of it is, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Part of it is him building a financial report dashboard for his business that makes sense to him. So we're going to spend some really intentional time pulling out our top KPIs and I figure out a way to make it pretty for him every single week so that it's a little easier for him when he's doing his goal setting every Sunday. Um, and then as a family, we're going to set our priorities because this year has been very disruptive for our normal together time, which is usually traveling time and our traveling has been severely limited, even though we are still trying to get out. Um, so my homework to you would be maybe look at your calendar and see if you can make an appointment with your spouse or with your family to really sit down and talk about what's important to you, what's coming up, what do you want to prioritize, what, you know, we don't have to wait till January to set goals. We can set goals anytime we want. So we're doing it this weekend um, and I encourage you to join us. Um, so that is going to be my homework for you. I know it's very different than your usual financial homework, but I think it's important and I'm hearing from more and more business owners about burnout, about stress. I am a CPA. I'm hearing about a lot of divorces. Um, so I'm, I'm going to encourage you to not wait till it's too late. Please just set some time to set some priorities and tensions as a family. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm going to do this weekend and I encourage you to join me. And I'll share maybe our results with you next week. Ooh, I love it. I love it. We're going um, to get ladies. That's where we're going. Oh, yay. Yeah. How fun. Yeah. In terms of systems and operations, I just, and I just kind of thought of this on the fly. Um, Service Autopilot's actually putting on a virtual summit this, this fall. So in November, they're going to do two full days of learning. And I just looked and we've had four of the six speakers on the Fight Club. So there's going to be amazing content. Mm. You can check it out. And the early bird pricing is until the end of the month. So I'm going to put the link in our group and just share that with everybody that they might want to check that out. Actually, Martha's one of the speakers. I love it. And so is Jonathan. Is. So yeah, so this is it. So I just thought people might want to check it out oh. to get some more information this next month or so. So I'll put that in the Thank group. You. That's your homework. Check it out. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Okay. And uh, as far as my homework, I'm going to say to work on that career ladder, promotion ladder, whatever you want to call it. And look at the criteria if you have criteria because <laughs> you might not and uh, if if you don't that's the first thing you want to do is figure out when you make that decision what are you looking at and when you're looking at it how can you make that as objective as possible so that there is you know you're you're keeping that environment of trust and that things are very transparent and there's no favoritism involved that it's, it's basically a check mark. Yes, you've done that. We're advancing you. So there's your homework. Promotion. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Jonathan, I love do you it. want to give any or you not to put you on the spot? You can say no. <laughs> you, yeah, no, actually, I guess I, 
I'm not going to say anything new. I'm going to piggyback on what you said, Megan. I, I like that. I'll, and part of it is my brain right now in the service autopilot world, I'm in planning season right now for 2021. So we already have our, our, our big plan, but I'm in the financial planning side. So I've, I have, I need to get it done here this month. Uh, and so you can kind of see that several months before the end of the year. So I just really, and I've thought this way for years, but I just can't agree more with this idea of thinking about what you really want and what you really don't want. I think that's a good list is what don't you want? What are you kind of done with? What are you sort of fed up with? <laughs> and, and, and paying very close attention to those things. And I just, I think that many of us are not strategic enough. We, we way too often just sort of go through the motions of one challenge, uh, dealing with one fire after another, when opportunity does present itself, we jump on that thing. But you, but the more you can be strategic and be marching in the right direction, uh, the better. And so my thing would be piggybacking on me what Megan said, coming up with your plan, but then adding to that accountability, which is what we were talking about. Find someone in your world, find someone outside of your world that you have a lot of respect for, that when you give them your word and say, I'm going to do this thing, you'll really do it because you don't want to let that other individual down, whether that's a spouse or a business mentor or a coach, whatever it is, find that in your life. That's how you move these plans forward much, much more quickly. Even your staff. Martha's taught me to be a lot more transparent and include my staff in a lot of my planning decisions. Um, and you're right, John. We have spent the past six months putting out fires. We have been yeah. reactive as business owners across yeah. every industry, maybe except yeah. potentially lawn care. I feel like lawn care is the one that's been the least impacted, I think, so far. I don't yeah. know. But, but we have been putting out fires, and so it's time to start being proactive again. Like, let's let's revisit those goals for 2020. Let's set some new ones for the last quarter, um, and let's do that. So, awesome. Yeah. Okay, I think Michelle has a quote of the week. Oh, oh Mars is going to talk real quick. <laughs> Before we wrap up, I just want to mention, because our retreat, Jonathan, we're having a Fight Club for Business is hosting our first retreat. It's at the end of this month. Um, well, actually, oh, it's October cool. 1st through 3rd. And it is, it's very small. So, you know, we're looking at 15 to 20 people max. And, uh, and it's going to be so cool because it's, uh, everything is actionable. So it's a working retreat. And I wanted to tell you all that I have been, diligently working on my accountability part for you and for you all that are coming. And I have built out 52 weeks of onboarding. I have this calendar that has the activities every month, the like Facebook posts. Uh, I mean, it is cool. I mean, I'm going to turn around and put it in my maid service business, but uh, it's, it's stuff that I used to have in Infusionsoft, and then I got lazy and didn't rebuild it. And uh, but now I'm rebuilding it. And for those of you who are coming, we will populate it for you, either in Trello or Bamboo HR, and you are going to love it. And that's just my part that you will walk away with. So. Well, and my goal setting weekend was prompted because I promised everybody at the retreat we'd do the goal setting. That's going to be the final session. Close out the retreat. So I have to make sure, like I've practiced on Jeff first, and we make sure Jeff's got it all dialed in so that we can workbooks good and the exercises good. So we are all diligently working this month. We can't wait. We have a few spots 
Um, but it is coming up really quickly, like three weeks away. Three weeks, I know. <laughs> We're going to drop the retreat, and the Fred Carter's joining us, and he's watching live. And there was Yay. one, and Dom wanted to know, uh, Jonathan, how often you're looking at those financial things at a top level. I think that was the only question we had. Are you doing that weekly with uh, your Yeah, so at, at City Turf, I'm looking at stuff maybe once a month but again it's really important to know i've got a very talented president that runs the business and he watches all that stuff and so it's more about making sure we're we're moving in the right direction there at service autopilot we have looked at metrics so we have weekly accountability meetings so i have my one-on-one -on -one meetings and uh and i've had them for years so we're going to look at those on our one-on-ones by group because even even a group has their own kpis that they're marching to and then we do a, a Monday leadership meeting, which there might be a, a very small discussion. And then we have a marketing meeting that we'll discuss some of those in. So I am looking at them in a variety of ways every single week uh, without question. And yeah. I'm just curious, do you use 40X when you do your meetings or do you use some other type of um, framework? I don't know what 40X is, so I guess not. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, four disciplines I, I, of execution. So do you use like lead and lag measures oh. and WIGs or do you, is it oh. some other framework? So at Service Autopilot for years, we it depends on the side of the business. So we run the business on an agile methodology, um, mm -hmm. which I'm not going to go off in the weeds on that one, but we use that. a lot of Okay, yeah, so we have metrics, plus we use what you would use in the Kanban or Scrum methodology, which uh -huh. is what if you, you, the three questions, so we're doing that, but then again, it's by team. So, for example, if you're on onboarding, on the, if you're running onboarding, which Chris Volpe runs onboarding and training, in our world, we're looking at MPS for onboarding, we're looking at your uh, churn for 30 days, or something we call returns, which means if you've come into our world and not fully implemented and left, and then we're looking at long-term churn. And so those would be the metrics that he would own on onboarding. And each, this is what's important, is each group has their own metrics that they own. And so they vary from conversation to conversation. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Awesome. Let's wrap up with the quote of the week. And it's a really good one from one of our founding fathers, John Quincy Adams. And it is, if your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, you are a leader. John Quincy Adams. <laughs> you guys have a fantastic week out there. Thank you so much for joining us in the Fight Club. And thanks, Jonathan, for coming. I appreciate it. Okay, have a great day, everybody. Okay, All see right. ya. Bye. Connect with Fight Club for Business. Join our Facebook group where we have weekly homework, accountabilities, and an awesome community to help you fight for your business. Facebook.com slash Fight Club for, as in the number four, business. Fight Club for Business.